0: And now, broadcasting from his floating home somewhere in the Atlantic Ocean, the dream business coach himself, Jim Palmer.
1: Hey, good afternoon, everybody. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business coach. I'm the founder of the Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program, creator of No Hassle Newsletters, which is my done-for-you newsletter program used by over 1,200 small business owners since 2007. I think I created that. But I am also the host of Dream Business Radio. I'm now in my 10th year. And uh, I'm very happy to be coming to you live with a wonderful guest. This is episode 576. My special guest today is Matt Murray. How are you doing today,
2: Matt? I'm good. Hey, everybody. Thanks, Jim, for having me on today.
1: Yeah, really excited to uh, get into this conversation. Hey, folks, this episode of Dream Business Radio is brought to you by the incredible Dream Business Mastermind and Coaching Program. The program I've been running since 2009, if you're an entrepreneur who wants to grow a more profitable business faster by creating an in demand brand, do some really great marketing. And if you want to learn how to create multiple streams of revenue, something I'm very good at, you want to be part of this extraordinary virtual mastermind led by me, Captain Jim. Learn more at dreambizcoaching.com. That's dreambizcoaching.com. Speaking of uh, multiple streams of revenue, uh, you want to get a copy of my. Ebook called Um How to Create Multiple Streams of Revenue. It's about 12 pages, if I remember correctly. I exactly um tell you how I went from one business to six businesses and really down to about three businesses today. Actually, for about the last seven years, well, I've been working three days a week, but this ex- tells you exactly the step-by-step um path that I took. You can get a copy of that at Create Multiple Streams of Revenue Create multiple streams of revenue.com. And actually at the end of this call. Uh, In about 28 minutes from now, I'm going to tell you how you can get free copies of all of my books. So stay tuned for that. All right. Let me introduce Matt. We'll dive right in. And um, again, really excited because Matt is a, an entrepreneur through and through, knows some really great marketing, has done some amazing things. Over 22 years ago, Matt started his career at the commercial HVAC and refrigeration field. He is known as the Blue Collar King. Yeah. The Blue Collar King. Sounds like a bowling team, actually. <laughs> the blue, the blue, <laughs> blue Collar Kings. He is a highly successful business owner, entrepreneur, soon to be author, coming out in the early uh, November, I believe, coach and consultant. Um, Matt's expertise goes far beyond just his technical expertise, which is how we all start a business with the skill we have. And he's become, um, quite proficient in leadership, business development, business systems, strategy, and more. He's the founder of evolution mechanical, and that serves the commercial and industrial HVAC market. And he is the founder of the blue collar King coaching and consulting program. So much more, but I really want to get all this into the uh, interview section. so Matt, once again, welcome to dream business Radio.
2: Yeah, thank you Jim. Um, so I really am excited to be here today to, to kind of share my story and um, have a conversation with Jim and you know talk about where I've been. So I like Jim said, I started about 22 actually 23 years ago in um, in commercial HVAC. I've been a blue collar guy kind of my whole life. Um, I grew up blue collar. my dad was a meat cutter. My mom, um, was a, was a checker and my grandfather, you know, he had a gas station. And so I just kind of, I'm a multi-generational blue collar kind of guy. And I, I got into commercial HVAC in, um, in 1997, I was about 22, um, about 22 years old. And I started off in the union out of downtown, uh, Los Angeles. And it was really amazing. It was a lot wow. of work, you know, to, yeah, to get in, um, did you go to college, Matt, or did you
1: did you go right into the entrepreneurial space?
2: Um, so yeah, I actually um, I'm a high school dropout. So I dropped out of school um, my my senior year and and ran away from home. So I'm a I'm a I did not go to college. I did go to I did go to trade school though. So I went to I did two years um, at Cypress College, and they have a really amazing HVAC and refrigeration um, certification program. So I t- I did a, I took a full load in that trade school program at Cypress college and that for two years.
1: So you, so did you run away and join the circus, play rock and roll, or just go,
2: just go have some fun after you Uh, left school? Yes, yes. And yes. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. So it was there, the, the family life was, you know, it was kind of, kind of broken. My mom and dad had been, um, you know, not doing so well for a long time. And, Dad was dipping into the bottle a little bit too much, and I think okay. by that time as a young boy, I had just been around and had too much chaos, and um, I don't know, I just felt like leaving and getting away was the right thing to do, so I, um, yeah, I went off on my own for a while, I ended up moving in, a buddy of mine had, a, had an apartment, um, and I slept on his couch for about a year, and um, yeah, I didn't, I didn't make the best decisions there, you know, being 17 and out on your own for a few years, yeah. so, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so
1: we both know, uh, Mike Agliero, right. A mu- yeah. mutual friend of ours. Mike, yep. um, is, was in my coaching program, um, several years ago. And then, um, he, he went on, of course he grew gold medal service, which I've if Mike sees, I believe he did $34 million and then he would create a yep. CEO warrior, which was an amazing coaching program. And now he's yeah. the founder of food dog, which is about leadership relationships and all kinds of Mike, like myself, Michael never sits still. So I mean, he could sit still if he wanted to, but he'll never <laughs> sit still. Right. When did you first, um, connect with Mike and, um, was that how you learned there's more besides running a service-based business or had you already figured that out
2: so yeah I connected um with mike I believe it was about 2018-ish 2019 mm-hmm. somewhere in that time frame um I had been watching Mike you know I saw him on 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 Facebook um and he, I liked his ads and I like what he's talking about and I like kind of the, the tattoos and he had, yeah. like ninja kind of, you know, thing going on. And um, so anyway, long story short, I jumped on a call with Mike and kind of told him what I was doing. And he's like, hey, why don't you, you know, come out to come out to my event um, here in a couple of months. We're going to spend five days together and we're going to rip things apart. Leadership, mindset, system, sales, marketing, everything. So that was really kind of at the start of my personal development journey. It was about 2017, 2018, where I actually learned about you know, coaching and leadership and what even what personal development even meant. So,
1: so I'm curious from a, um, from the perspective of multiple streams of revenue, sometimes you don't even think you're going there and you end up there. Did right. you go to, to Mike's event to really learn how to grow, um, your business, uh, evolution mechanical. And then you discovered, wow, yeah. I have done pretty well. Maybe I, I can be a coach kind of like Mike, right. Or is that, was that how it happened?
2: I kind of had thoughts of that, like looking at Mike, like I immediately like looked up to him, you know, uh, as, as very inspirational and motivational to me. He, what he showed me was that you could be yourself. You know, I always Mm -hmm. tried to act into the way I thought I had to be as a, as an entrepreneur or business leader. And then I realized like I was kind of putting up like a fake identity and Mike was like kind of the first, like, um, like segue for me into realizing like just be real just be yourself yeah. you know what i mean and seeing him like you know say a lot of bad words and have the tattoos and and be on stage and like fumble his words and forget what he was saying and pick his nose i was like oh my <laughs> god for that <laughs> yeah i'm like you, like that's so amazing he's just so real and authentic um and i just i just love that about him um So yeah, when I got there, I was like, okay, cool. I'm showing up to learn about like business tactics and strategies, but you know, Mike, um, he always takes like a mindset approach to everything. So uh, Mm -hmm. while you're learning the business, I was learning the business systems or tactics with them. It was, um, it was the mindset stuff that he started to add into. And then Brian Tracy, I don't know if you know, Brian Tracy, he's been around forever. I'm sure, you know, but Brian Tracy was a guest speaker and it was just like, wow. So that was like my first, like, you know, um, opportunity, life beyond, beyond
1: running your HVAC business.
2: Yeah. hundred percent. So it was I was mind blown. I left there just like smiling and like, I didn't even know what to say. It was wild. <laughs> I was so, mind blown for sure. Yeah. So folks, I want to point out, first of all,
1: it's, it, if it's not quite evident, there's some huge nuggets there. I mean, um, you know, Matt went to this thing to learn how to grow his HVAC business even more. And it turns out some of the things he's been doing to become as successful as he already was, had appeal to other people. It's how I got into coaching. I never went to Coaching University, one of my recent blog posts. But people started asking me, how are you growing all these businesses? And I'm thinking, "Hmm." Dan Kennedy, my mentor, said, if somebody wants to basically pick your brain over a ham sandwich, you ought to charge them for it. So um, (laughs) let's talk about the early days of Evolution Mechanical. So you went to trade school, right, after um, you left home. And did you start working? Did you work like in the unions for a while? And when did you go out on your own?
2: Yeah. So, um, so in 97, August of 1997 is when I started, um, in the trade Mm -hmm. and that that's right, right off the, right off the bat, I started in the union, in the trade. And then part of the deal was, so I got a job with a, with a family friend. So my dad had like kind of called me and reached out to me and said, Hey, you've been on the streets now for four years running around, like being a dummy, like you need to come back home. I got you a job. I want you to talk to Bruce. Bruce was a family friend who had an air conditioning company. And Ah. um, part of the deal was like I had to, I had to, if I was going to get a job at Certified Air Technologies working for Bruce, um, I had to come home, obviously. And I had to, I had to go to school at Cypress College. And then I had to join the union all while working for Bruce's company Wednesday through Saturday. So that journey all started all at the same time in, in August of 1997. Wonderful. So yeah. when, so Matt, when did you then, how
1: long did you work for Bruce and when did you start your own company?
2: Yep. So I, I worked for Bruce for, um, for six years. Um, so what happened is our company that I was working for, they, it was a service and retrofit HVAC company. Um, And then they started doing a lot of construction and big projects. And unfortunately, a few of the big jobs that they were doing, multi, multi multi-million dollar jobs, 10, 20 million dollar new construction projects. They were doing hospitals, um, hotels, uh, some colleges. And anyway, long story short, um, jobs were bid wrong and then jobs were managed wrong. So they end up losing a a bunch of money and unfortunately um, went bankrupt and had to close the company down. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah, we saw the writing on the wall for about a year, where like things were kind of tight and stuff. But then June of um 2003, we were all brought in and we were all we were all laid off, and that's um that's what started kind of my my venture. At the time, I had one residential little side job going on, and a uh, you know commercial industrial tech working for Certified Air, um, non-conflicted. But I had one little residential side job. And I was like, okay, so I'm I'm laid off. Um, I have a side job, but that's fine. I'm a good mechanic. I'm not really worried about it. I'll go out and do this this side job, and we'll see where where things take me. Bruce had also said, my boss, you know, hey, we're going to start up a new company. I'll call you. I'll call you in a month or so. so okay. Um, so
1: it's interesting. Um, Today, there's this toll term side hustle, right? Yep. Go try it. And it, it, to me, it's like an entrepreneur wannabe or entrepreneur dipping their toe in the water before they leave the job or before they jump in. But for you, you yep. actually had that side gig. So you're probably thinking, well, I'll do this and let me see if I can get a couple more. Did it just spiral yep. into, into your company that way?
2: Yeah, it wasn't, it wasn't really by design. Like when I was working, you know, the side job came about, it was obviously like a friend or family Mm -hmm. friend or cousin or what I don't even remember, but the intention behind it wasn't like, let me, let me start doing side jobs so I can then quit, um, you know, and start my own company. So it happened by default. Um, and then once we did that job, you know, then we got a referral like people walked up and like, oh, I see you're doing, you know, the this AC and one turned into two jobs, two to four, four to eight. And man, here I am. I tell everybody this story. It's kind of funny. I Here I am 20 years later and I'm still on my summer side job. That's now called Evolution Mechanical with 40, 40 employees. So that's and it's amazing how, you know, 20 years kind of goes by like that. Yeah. Tell a, me about it. When did one you start a side job?
1: Yeah. Matt, when did you start learning marketing or did you hire smart? Like you're a pretty Mm -hmm. good marketer these days, but that's usually an acquired skill or a talent you might have. but, But when did that whole piece come into play?
2: Yeah. So, so when I started off, once I realized like, Hey, I'm legit, like on my own. And then I brought my brother over to help me and I'm like, okay, I guess we're just going for it. By then, you know, after about six months of whirlwind, I'm like, man, okay, we're out of work now. Now what? So, I mean, it started with just old school. You know what I mean? Just just going door to door, knocking on doors. We put yard signs up. We would, um, I would, I would hang, uh, do door hangers. Like walk around and put little mm. door hangers door to door. Um, then I started, then I started doing postcards. Okay. I would mail out postcards, and I was literally licking, sticking the stamps myself, and sending them out, and trying to, you know. Look on the phone book and type stuff up, and then just through just through um, trial and error, I realized, wow, there's actually you know fulfillment companies that you can go out and buy a <laughs> buy a mailing list, and they'll they'll mail the cards for you and do all that stuff for you. But it was a lot of trial and error at first when I started.
1: What we if you can share some of the milestones, like
0: mm-hmm.
2: when you think about the
1: the time from when you started, even one or two part time to where evolution mechanical is now what were some two or just two or three of the big milestones how'd you get there
2: yeah I think some of the big milestones um for evolution mechanical well we went in we went into construction which ironically I you know I watched a company I was working for um go bankrupt that it was a it was a beautiful service maintenance and change out retrofit company add-on construction so I did the same thing and I think it was chasing numbers, right? I think as an entrepreneur, um, what we all have to learn the hard way is to say no. That's Um, right. So it's, it's hard when you're kind of in a survival mode, starting a business, growing the business, and you haven't been doing it that long. It's hard to say no to opportunity. And what I learned, that, that was the first big learning for me was that I got into construction and then I learned like, okay, this, this, this can hurt you. It can bring a lot of revenue, but these projects are low margin. They're, they're high risk. And I started learning about niching, but it still took me, you know, I, I, started the business in, um, in 2003 and then got into construction around 06 and then the recession hit. Right. So that was a big, that was a big wake up call. And so at that time I, I got out of construction and went more into service. Um, and then as the economy stabilized for, for a few years, I started doing um, construction again. And then there was another big milestone or iteration of the business, if you will, in about 2017, 2018. Um, I read a book by Jim Collins. It's called Good to Great. I don't know if you've heard of it yeah, or not. Yeah,
1: of course. Yeah.
2: Man. So, um, that book was like the beginning of the wake up call for me. So it was the good, the great book. I started reading. I went to Mike Aguilaro, CEO warrior. I learned about the hedgehog concept, um, Mm -hmm. in that book and what the hedgehog concept is, is taking your company and identifying what are you passionate about? Um, what it, what, like what makes the most amount of profit, and what is the company inherently good at? And then, kind of the combination of those three things is really what you should focus on and target in on. So interesting, yeah. Yeah.
1: What strategies did you use other than trial and error and figuring out? Well, that's low margin and can't bank on that. What? How did you determine who your most you know qualified client would be? And then, yep. how did you go after more of them?
2: Yeah. So it, it got to be to a point where I started looking at at financial. So it's for me, I, I probably delayed, um, learning what I would call financial literacy, how to understand and read financial reports and the balance Mm. sheet. Oh, that's so much fun. (laughs) Yay. We all love that, right? Everyone loves the accounting side of the business. (laughs) So, um, I started looking at which type of, uh, which type of work, you know, was producing, which type of margins. And I started paying attention to, um, to the, you know, how quickly we would get paid. And it became apparent very quickly that, okay, residential, the residential work, it pays right now. It's higher margin, but it's very cyclical. Mm-hmm. Then I looked at the commercial construction. It was very low pay, very low margin, very high risk with a lot of energy and a lot of bids. And then I looked at commercial service. Um, and I was like, okay, this is high margin. It's quick pay it's not as cyclical. So it's, you know, after, after looking at the numbers and understanding like, okay, this one makes sense. Um, But it, you know, that letting go of these other divisions or these other revenue producing streams, um, it creates fear, right? It's hard to let go of those things and say, okay, we have to, we're going to have to scale down to, to, to go forward. So that was like this transition where I felt like I held on too long because I was, I was afraid. I didn't know if, you know, shutting down residential and construction, what was going to happen? Am I going to run out of money? Am I going to run out of work? You know, all the little stories, you know, kind of pile up in your head and it's, it's scary. Um, so I had to make some big decisions.
1: Yeah. Did you ever fear being a commodity or being, you know, you obviously, at least from today, what I've seen, you don't, you're not the least expensive option. You don't talk about price at all on your website and stuff like that. Was that, was that something you learned to do or you just never were interested in that to begin with?
2: No, it's, it's a great question. Um, you know, beginning in in the beginning, um, I started off with the pricing too low and I think Mm -hmm. everyone does this because it's a confidence game, right? Everyone starts off again in fear, right? When you're in survival, you're operating with a fear mindset. So you're afraid to really demand too high of a price for what, you know, you might think you deserve to get paid. Um, but you 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 have the the flip side of that is you don't want to lose the job either. So I had myself priced way too low for too long. Okay. And that's another thing that I learned too was understanding my true costs. You have to understand, you know, the, the cost of labor, the labor burden, and understanding how to make an actual profit and then build confidence up enough to where I could I could present myself and present the pricing and, and show to the clients um, the value that we're going to bring and why they should you do the work with me instead of the next guy and why this pricing is justified. Yeah. There's always someone that you can get it out there from cheaper, but, um, I'm, I'm honest, I'm loyal. I've been in business for, for X number of years. You can count on us, depend on us. We're going to do a good job. Um, so it took me a while to build up that confidence to where I could demand a higher price. It, it, it definitely takes some, some repetitions for sure.
1: Yeah. Over the years, I've helped a lot of people in the service space and a couple of people right in, in direct mm-hmm. con- contracting. And so, what I've grown to appreciate is that folks like yourself, especially in the early years, or I, I assume you've outgrown this, but you know, yep. you're up before the sun for sure. Yep. You know, getting everything, getting on the job site, maybe getting breakfast. You work, work, work. You 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 probably work through lunch. You have a quick dinner. You go out and you do um, prospective client. Um, proposals, right? Right. You come home, put the kids to bed, then you do your books and you fall into bed and do it all over again. Have I pretty much accurately described that?
2: Uh, A hundred (laughs) percent. yeah.
1: So how many years did you do that? And then how did you start to, you know, uh, evolve from that?
2: Yeah. Too long. Um, I can remember, you know, like people telling me, my wife telling me like, why are you still in a work truck? why are you still in work clothes? You know what I mean? And I can remember this being like 2013, 2014, I'd already been in the game for 10, 11, whatever, 12 years. Mm -hmm. Um, so the first thing I did, and again, I think it's our, it's a comfort zone thing with technical people that start off that way. Um, getting out of a work truck for me was like, Oh man, I know, you know, I can, I can go on the work truck and I can fix stuff and I can help and I can do this or that. But then I would come into the office. Um, so then after I finally got out of a work truck and I remember I got a Dodge charger, I'm like, okay, I'm going to put some, I'm going to hire a technician, put them in my work truck and I'm going to hire a car or I'm going to get a car. Mm-hmm. So I got a car and then I loaded up the trunk with all my tools. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you thought, well, at least I won't dirty up my car. Next thing you know, you got a yeah, trunk full of tools.
2: Exactly. And oh then so I finally realized like, okay, if I'm going to run the business, um, you know, you can't, you can't be the director of the orchestra and also playing an instrument. You can't, you can't effectively do both. So that's right. It took a while for me to realize like, okay, just, you have to, you have to get on top of the business and, and you can't do that. You can't lead, you can't coach, you can't hire, train, analyze, optimize, see everything that's going on. If you're down in the weeds of the business, I know that, you know, the cliche saying, uh, you know, you can't see the forest through the trees. Um, So knowing what I know now, and if if you're, you know, a service, you know, company or running any business and you're still working out on the front lines too much, I know it's hard to let go, Mm -hmm. but the sooner you let go and like take that jump off the cliff, there's going to be a time period where there's a lot of uncertainty and insecurities and fear, but it's the step in the right direction to be able to actually, Run your business and control the business and and grow it and see it properly because you can't see what's going on if you're just down on the front lines firefighting all the time.
1: Exactly. I saw something on your website. You promote something called the Wow Service. Yeah. Tell me about that.
2: Yeah. Um, so we embrace that in our in our culture. Um, I always I always like to go above and beyond and to provide Wow Service. You know, it's just doing a little bit more than what's expected. It, it doesn't take a lot to do you know, things above the, the normal expectation. People already have, when they when they call you for your services, they already have a minimum level expectation. They're already expecting in their mind for you to do certain things. And you should obviously do that as a service provider. But if you can do extra extra little things, you know what I mean? Like one of the things I tell my guys is, if you're on the roof and you see some trash on the roof of the building, I don't care if we left it or not. Let's let's clean that up and tidy that up. Let's do mm-hmm. let's go the extra mile. And then when you're talking to the client, you know, while we're here, we're here for AC five. Is there anything else that I can take care of or, or work on for you? And and taking a few extra minutes to explain to the client what's going on and what's happening, communication, um, letting them know when when we're finished. You know, here's what we did today. And in in age, it's real easy to you know take pictures and show the client with your camera what you did the before and after it's just little little things that um, just add that little extra touch of, of care and empathy that really that really go uh, go a long way with the client so that's what Wow service is to us and we're always working to embrace that and not just with our external clients our customers but I embrace yes. that same mindset with our employees our internal, our internal customer. So it's it's a servant leadership mindset at, at our company where we're always looking to serve um, each other, both the customers and and the employees. Love that. we
1: yeah. got about uh, five minutes left. I want to touch yep. on leadership because I know you're big on leadership as well. So a, a lot of times as these small businesses grow, you, you got your skill and your talent. You start doing that. You bring on an apprentice or somebody you're mentoring. Next thing you know, you got five or 25 employees and you're now the leader. How did you develop leadership skills?
2: So that was a big one for me. That was really my biggest kryptonite is I had never really worked under someone for long enough to where I was able to emulate leadership at a very high level. So what I didn't realize being self-employed is that my biggest weakness was, was leadership. And, and what I really came to realize is that one of the components that I feel is the most important leadership is emotional intelligence. And I was around hot heads. I came from the union, you mm. know, hyper blue collar. So just being rough and direct and blunt and rude and, um, and a lot of curse words and snappy, I thought that was normal. Um, so my leadership development really started with, with EQ, um, I realized that I had to get com- take command over my emotional states, um, because as a leader, if if you're if you're triggered or a hothead or snappy or whatever, you you can't lead correctly. Because when you're in a triggered state, you're you don't see things correctly, and then obviously you know who wants to be around a guy that's a hothead, right? Nobody, right? Um, so for me, it was it was um, getting dialed in there. And then learning how to help others. Once I once I was able to improve my my EQ, work on my visionary skills as well because I believe that being a leader, you have to you have to be very visionary. You have to be able to have foresight, and that's a muscle that's built. Um, you have to see what's happening tomorrow and next week and next month and guide people. Um, and then it's also a, a, it's a confidence game. The other thing too, as a leader, that I think is very important is you have to be someone of in, of integrity. And I believe that confidence comes from the, you, the the promises that you make with yourself. And if you're someone that's a, a man of integrity, then you, you exude confidence. And then people are attracted to follow you and and and, and 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 let them and you can lead them. Right. But if you're yep. someone that's timid and and seem like, eh, you know, I don't know if this guy's out to help me or whatever. No one. You're not going to have that potency or that energy to, to motivate people to follow you.
1: My, or Matt I almost called you Mike. Matt, before we yep. go, um I know you said you got a, you're writing your first book. I think you said it's gonna drop like uh middle of November or early November. Do yep. You wanna tell us about that?
2: Yeah, absolutely. So um I'm excited about the book. Um it's basically 20 years of of my lessons on everything, leadership, um, business systems, tactics. Um Faith, mindset, spirituality, fitness, health, nutrition. So what I wow. <laughs> what I've come to learn, yeah, in 20 years of, of of trial and error and doing the coaching with different people is that there's these four pillars of life. And when you can when you can become a, a holistic human or a holistic leader. Um, it really empowers you to, to grow and be more effective everywhere. And I've learned how, how all these things are, are really kind of intertwined. So I'm excited about the book. It comes out um in early November. Oh, awesome. So yep. other than the book in early November,
1: if somebody's watching this on the replay, where can people connect with you and, uh, learn more about you, Matt?
2: Yeah, thank you. So um, you can go to my website, bluecollarking.com. I'm also on Instagram, The Real Blue Collar King. And you can also look up the same on on Facebook. So those are a couple of easy ways to, to get in touch with me or contact me or follow me. The real Blue Collar King. Are there other Blue Collar Kings out there? That you had to, did you have to do that
1: or was that just part of your marketing? The real?
2: Yeah, I just did that because, you know, as, as things grow, people start to kind of copycat. Um, gotcha. And yeah, I just I just copied someone else that had done that. They had put their name and they put the real in front of it. And I just did that, you know, kind of just in case. So Sounds good. All <laughs> yeah. right,
1: Matt, thank you so much. Really appreciate your time today. F- fascinating story. And uh, I look forward to getting your book as well.
2: Yep. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. And thanks, Jim, for having me today. It was amazing.
1: Yeah. My Hey, folks, that wraps up this special interview with my guest, Matt Murray, the real Blue Collar King. You can connect with me at GetJimPalmer.com. That is my home base. All things emanate from GetJimPalmer.com. If you're interested in the Dream Business Mastermind, again, that's DreamBizCoaching.com, DreamBizCoaching.com. All of these interviews that I've been doing for the last year on, on the Wednesday Lives, they're on my YouTube channel. Um, which is, you know, Jim Palmer, dream business coach or something like that. I should actually know the exact thing, but I'm not too hard to find. Oh, remember, you can get free copies, digital copies of all six of my dream business books. They are free at Barnes and Noble, which are Nook books. They're in the iBook store and you can also get them at Amazon. Of course, those are Kindle. And again, you can get a free copy of my book. Let me show that one more time. There's the URL right there. My new ebook called How to Create Multiple Streams of Revenue. Um, that is create multiple streams create multiple streams But that's it until this time next Wednesday, 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific. I am Captain Jim Palmer, the dream business.